0: Well, we're going to continue on in this series that we've been in, looking at Embrace's values. We took a short break last week from that series, but we're jumping back into it. We still have two more to cover, and we're, we're spending some time really reflecting on who we are as a church. A few years ago, we came up with six values that we believe uniquely describe who Embrace is. You know, all churches share a lot of things in common, but every church you go to is unique. They have their own kind of flavor, they have their own way of doing things, and of course we have our own way of doing things at Embrace. And so these values, I believe, really sum up um, who we are, and these values really guide and and impact the way we do church together, the way we make decisions, the way that we live our lives among one another here in community. And so I want to recap them for you. real quick, uh, so you'll know where we've come from. So our first value is that we keep Jesus at the center, and that is the most important one. We are committed to following the way of Jesus here in North Lexington. Um, the second one is that we believe church is a diverse family, and so we actually value uh, diversity within our church. We want it. We we seek to uh, to cultivate that diversity, and we're talking diversity on all different levels. We truly believe the church is a place where the Spirit leads all different types of people to come together and, and find common ground and learn to love one another better. Uh, the third one is that we try to keep it real, and we try to be honest. We try to be authentic. We try to, to talk about uh, the good things and the hard things and everybody everything in between. And if you've been coming to Embrace for a while, I'm sure that you've picked up on that. Um, the fourth is that we are comfortable with being uncomfortable and I think that's one of our most unique values, and and it it essentially means that we're willing to lean into discomfort, and we ask one another to do that on a regular basis, and and I think it helps us to grow and to change. Um, As we become lean into discomfort, I believe God can work in our hearts and shape and mold us in fresh ways. And then the one we're gonna talk about today is that we're gritty Christ followers, and I'm excited about this one. So I wanna begin uh, by telling y'all just a quick story. How many of you all have ever been to the beach and seen the ocean? I'm sure a lot of you have. Um, We're in Kentucky. We don't have any oceans here, unfortunately. Um, So it took me a few years before I finally saw the ocean. Um, My first time seeing the ocean um, was actually in Florida, and we were just driving by it, and, and I was very little, and I saw it, and my parents let us get out of the car, and I remember I have a picture of it. I had jeans on, my brother and I, and we just ran out into the water in our jeans, and we were, we were country kids, you know, at the beach, wearing our jeans, swimming. It was, it was not the best beach experience, uh, but it was cool. Um, we were just in Maine uh, in August, and up in Maine, the beaches there are just really beautiful, um, very different from Florida beaches, but we found that, that Kai, he had never seen the beach before, and he just uh, loved the beach so much and was mesmerized by it. You know, the first time I can remember really going to the beach was when I went to Virginia Beach with um, one of my best friends at the time in elementary school and his name was Christopher Henderson and his family would always invite me to do things with them. I don't know if y'all had friends like that where I didn't ever get to go on cool trips like that, but, uh, but his family would invite me to go places and so um, I loved it. You know, we'd go out shopping, they'd go buy him new clothes, they'd always buy me clothes too and I'm like, this is great, you know? Uh, There was this brand back then called No Fear. Does anybody remember this band? Uh, It was not very cool, but I thought it was at the time. And they always bought me No Fear shirts. Uh, So um, I don't know why I'm telling you that, but it was cool. But we went to Virginia Beach, um, and I, I remember one random thing from that trip that I want to share with you. Um, I've shared this story in the past, but I really think it's great. So um, the thing I remember is that I remember buying a hot dog uh, from a vendor on the beach. Now, you may wonder, like, you know, why do you remember buying a hot dog? That may sound weird to you. Well, I mean, I do like to eat, and so I remember trips based on food, okay? So that's one thing. But also, it was an interesting experience uh, eating that hot dog. Let me explain. So I bought my hot dog. I went down, I sat down on the beach, I opened my mustard packet, because I just like hot dog with mustard, that's all I want, no Dijon mustard, yellow mustard only, so I opened it up, I put a nice line, a straight line, no squigglies or anything, straight line of mustard right on my hot dog, and I sat down uh, to eat eat it on the beach, and I took a big bite, and I started chewing, and then I noticed like uh, there was kind of something different about it. It didn't taste like a, a normal hot dog I'd eaten. Well, actually, the taste was just fine, but I noticed that the texture was a little bit off. And as I bit into it, I noticed like a graininess, you know, in my teeth. And, and I, it was gritty, and it just was not all that great, you know. And, and what I realized very quickly is that when you eat food on the beach, you almost always get sand on it, right? And I had sand in my hot dog, and it was crunching between my teeth. It tasted like a hot dog, but it wasn't quite the normal hot dog experience. That gritty hot dog was a bit strange, but I still ate it. It was still worth eating. Now, what does this have to do with Embrace? Well, I believe our church is kind of like that hot dog on the beach. We are a church here at Embrace, but sometimes things are a little bit different here at our church. Uh, there's an infamous story, I think, from Arlington Elementary. I, I don't even know where I once heard it first, but a student, uh, a teacher was talking about church uh, with a student in their class, and the student told the teacher, they said, hey, you should go to Embrace because they'll take anybody over there at that church. <laughs> and I'm like, that is exactly what I want for our church, Right. You can ask, anybody who's been here a long time will tell you that the most random and strange things happen here on a very regular basis at our church. We are a hodgepodge of random people thrown together, and somehow it kind of just works. And I think it truly is beautiful. It's kind of funny, but I think we're similar to the gritty hot dog on the beach. It tastes good, it hits the spot, but isn't exactly what you're expecting. But that's life. Life is gritty. Life is rough. And life is not always pretty. It's not always perfect. And it's not really ever what you really expect it to be. People are gritty. People are rough. We are not perfect, you know. And and I think that describes a bit of who we are and ultimately what really everybody is in our lives. We are gritty people. Our fifth value is that we're gritty people. Christ followers, we aren't very smooth here at Embrace. We're gritty, we're rough sometimes, we're not always pretty, but we try our best to follow after Jesus. You know, to be gritty can, also, can mean to be rough, it can mean grainy, it can mean not perfect, but grit also has another meaning that I think is just as equally valuable here. A lady named Angela Duckworth wrote a book um, that my wife introduced me to called Grit, Passion and Perseverance, the Science of Success. And her argument is that we need more grit in life, right? That we need this grit. And she defines grit like this, perseverance and passion for long-term goals, Grit is the ability to maintain passion and persevere through setbacks and challenges and detours in life while keeping your eye focused on the bigger picture, keeping your eye focused on the bigger values that you have, on the long-term goals that you're working towards in your life, that perseverance and passion for long-term goals. And my wife has used this book with some of the older students at come in good when they're later in high school and even into college and young adulthood because we found that, that all of us in life, we experience setbacks, and if we don't have that grit cultivated in our life, it's hard to keep getting back up and pushing forward. I don't know if you, in your life, but when I've experienced failures or hit a roadblock, it's often easy to just give up. Just being human right now feels hard, right? Just to be a human who has love in their heart and has their eyes open and trying to live their life to the fullest is so hard. And we need that grit in our life, that ability to keep stepping forward even in the midst of hard times. So I want you to keep that definition in mind as I read this parable in Mark. And anybody who's been around me for any length of time has heard me talk about this parable I recently shared some thoughts on it with the common good staff Um, and so my wife she's heard me talk about this parable more than anything else and she's like John really you're talking about the mustard seed again come on now Um, but if you've been around me you've heard me talk about it but it's so important and and I believe it really it has something for us in this world today and so um, I want to read it for you and then I'm going to break down a couple of things. You may have heard this before, but it bears repeating. Um, And so let me read from Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So in these verses, Jesus is trying to tell us what the kingdom of God is like. And now I believe he uses one of the most absurd images you could come up with for the kingdom of God of the the great and mighty and mysterious and powerful and almighty God. He picks one of the smallest seeds you can find, a mustard seed. And he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Back in Jesus' day, the world was ruled by the powerful, the ones with the might and the biggest weapons and the most money, just like it is today. That image would have been very peculiar to use then, just as it is now. Is this the best option you could come up with, Jesus? I would wonder maybe, could He say the kingdom of God is like a strong tower, it's like a mighty fortress, it's like um, a great chariot, you know? But He says it's like a mustard seed. Yet He says when you plant this mustard seed in the ground and you care for it and you tend to it, it eventually grows over time. And it becomes something much larger and eventually provides shade and comfort for birds and even other animals. This passage, I think, can help us better understand what we mean when we say we are gritty Christ followers. And so let me share just a couple of thoughts with you. The first one is that gritty Christ followers understand that small things matter. In our world today, we value big things, and so I don't think we can stop repeating this. This is something we have to continue to remind ourselves about. Common, ordinary, seemingly insignificant things matter. The mustard seed is so small that you wouldn't even see it if it was laying on the floor in front of you. Yet Jesus chose something so small to describe the kingdom of God. There are so many other examples I could pull from that talk about the value of small things. You know, when I think about embrace, the things that I think are most beautiful about our church are not the big things. It's not a packed out room. It's, not, it's really the small things that seem to be the most beautiful to me. Some things I've seen over the years. I've seen you all lean into that discomfort that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and truly seek to understand one another. Even when it makes you uncomfortable to seek to understand somebody who's different than you. The encouraging text that I know that you're sending to one another throughout the week, telling one another you're praying for each other, that you see each other, that you value one another. The way you continue to just lift up and want to lift up the voices of the struggling and those in our community who are hurting. The way you all care for one another. Without expecting applause or recognition. All the things you're doing behind the scenes. The way you treat all people with dignity and respect. The way you welcome visitors that come into our church with open arms. And you seek to get to know them. And you talk to them. And you ask them questions. And invite them over to your homes. The may- way you commit to each other. Even when you may disagree. Disagree. The prayers that you pray when no one is watching. The time you spend in the nursery or the wonder room or the youth ministry caring for our young people. If you are close to Jesus and have a close relationship with Jesus, I think a big reason is probably because you've committed yourself to the small things. You pray. You journal. You fast. You practice self-care. You serve others. You show kindness to your neighbors. You consistently show up and are present to your church family week in and week out. To be a gritty Christ follower means that you hold fast to the small things and you try not to give up on them when life gets hard. You know, I think one of the hardest things for people trying to stay close to God is we we really are often craving these powerful mountaintop experiences. And, and, you know, I grew up like that when I was younger, middle school and high school and college and young adulthood. I wanted that powerful mountaintop experience every time I went to church. And if I didn't feel it, then I thought I was far from God, you know, and I didn't think I was connected to Jesus. And what can end up happening is that we try to manufacture those things on a weekly basis But I don't know if that's really how God works. A mountaintop experience is not that common. And I think that's for a reason, right? Because we don't climb on top of mountains all that often, right? Unless you're Dustin. He likes to do that on a regular basis. But it's hard to climb up on a mountain, right? So mountaintop experiences are not something we're going to experience every single week. But I'm telling you, I think the experience of the daily grind of following Jesus is what makes the biggest difference. Impact, And I can tell a difference in my life when a lot of that stuff starts to fade away and I just feel further from God because I'm not committing myself to the small things. And I'm not doing that work of spending time with God each and every day. You know, one thing, I've done a few weddings over the last few years, and and one thing I like to point out at weddings is that marriage, it is about love, but it's not like a sentimental love. Marriage is not really about... Um, kind of an overly emotional love, I like to describe the love of a marriage as a gritty love. And, and it's a love, when I say gritty, it's a love that fights, it's a love that perseveres, it's a love that refuses um, to give up um, as, as, as much as possible. And, and, and the hard part is, you know, what do couples do when they aren't feeling the connection or when the romance fades or when life gets really hard or when you deal with loss and grief within your family, a gritty love really tries its best to stick with it and to fight. And it's often through those small things that the love is strengthened and fortified and rebuilt. So gritty Christ followers understand that small things matter, but gritty Christ followers also need to be Patient. The parable of the mustard seed is a story about something very small and and showing that small things matter, but it's also a story about slow growth. Seeds do not grow quickly. I'm not very good at planting and gardening and growing things because it just takes a lot of time, right? And I'm not super patient and I don't like to wait for things, right? And so I like, to see, I like to see things come quickly. My friend Valentine's here this morning, and, and if I went to his house. I hadn't been there for probably a couple months, and I went over to his house, and I noticed that it had transformed, and there was, like, plants growing everywhere. And the whole house outside is consumed with beautiful plants, you know. And it takes patience and a lot of hard work for that to happen. It doesn't happen quickly. I I tend to, weeds grow well at my house because those do grow quickly. Um, And they don't take any work, you know, they just come up. Um, But the the beautiful things do take a lot of work and time. And the end result can be beautiful, but it doesn't come quickly and it doesn't come easy. And I think that's true in our lives and our work for good things. I love this quote by John Lewis talking about the struggle for black freedom. He said these words, our struggle is not the struggle of a day or a week or a month or a year. He said it is the struggle of a lifetime. Think about the vision he had to have as a young man out there sitting at those lunch counters and marching in the face of these Uh, police officers with their attack dogs and enduring all the assaults from these white supremacists. I mean, all the things he endured, he had to have this long vision and see that we are doing something that is going to take a lifetime to see what we want to see. One of the most important lessons I've learned in community is that patience is an essential quality. Like the mustard seed, communities and people both, we take time to grow. Um, A spiritual mentor of mine once said that we have to be friends of time. We have to be friends of time and embrace time. We have to be patient with each other and patient with ourselves. You know, one of the greatest strengths of embrace, I believe, is our vibrant ministry with young people. We have wonderful ministry with elementary, middle, and high school students. and, And it's through what we do here at our church, but also through what happens at Common Good. Multiple days throughout the week. These ministries are wonderful and they I mean, you saw all the kids. If you went downstairs during the after school program, you would see just so much life and energy and growth, yet it did not come quickly and it did not come easily. These ministries did not get to this place overnight. It took many years of investment and patience and slow growth by lots and lots of people and really people who had to pass the torch to someone after them to continue moving on. It had to have a long-term vision by lots of people. Really, the youth ministry started with a group of three kids. My first attempt at doing an after-school program failed. It did not work. But over many years, it has grown into something that is blessing many, many lives. And it's because a lot of folks, our students included, had that grit to keep going perseverance, and passion for long-term goals. Rich Mullins, one of my favorite Christian artists, he died in the 90s, but he said something profound that, that has stuck with me, and it's really been a, a recurring kind of mantra in my life, but he said that we grow slowly, and love takes time. We grow slowly, and love takes time. And I believe that's the essence of the mustard seed. It starts out small. It takes lots of time and work. But the reward can be beautiful. And it can be good. And it can even be beyond whatever we could have imagined or comprehended. And that's what we mean when we say we're gritty Christ followers. We are small and rough and imperfect people who are trying our best with God's help to maintain our passion and perseverance while following the way of Jesus. We recognize that small things matter and that we have to be patient. I came across this beautiful translation of 1 Corinthians 13 in in this new Bible my wife got me. It's a New Testament. um, It's called the First Nations Version of the New Testament. And I love the way that they put this. This 1 Corinthians 13 that's been quoted time and time and time and time again. You know, everybody, all the list of love chapter in the Bible. It's so beautiful. Um, But I love the take they have on verses 7 and 8. And I want to read these as I close. Love keeps walking even when carrying a heavy load. Love keeps trusting, never loses hope, and stands firm in hard times. The road of love has no end.